When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Paul Bromwell, and I'm joined by the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. JR, how are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback on the show we did on Vader. I'm glad to see that. And I got to ask... Since the last time you and I spoke, did you yeah. get to check out WrestleMania at all? I, I did check out parts of it. So, uh, but to tell you and our, and our audience that I watched it all both days, start to finish would be, uh, untruthful. Uh, it was during the basketball tournament, obviously men and women. So I'm a big fan of both. So I was torn between, uh, both those major events and, uh, but I, well, I wasn't going to let the WrestleMania event passed by without checking out stone cold. Uh, you know, he and I talked to going into that thing and, uh, we communicated on Saturday after the show. Uh, he seemed to be real happy and really almost relieved that they pulled it off. He and Kevin Owens deserve a hell of a lot of credit for what they did. And to show you how kind of ball player Austin is, you know, he had, he had been on the field and what was it? 16 years, 19 years, something 19. like that. Yeah. And, uh, he just didn't look like he missed a step and they kept the match in their lane. I thought that was really smart how they, they, they strategized and laid out that match. It was, it was just absolutely a masterpiece in my view. And, uh, Kevin Owens deserves a lot of credit, uh, as well. You got to have a dancing partner to make these things work. And Steve had a great dancing partner. I saw Becky Lynch, uh, and Bianca Belair. I'm a big, big Becky Lynch fan. Uh, helped get her job there back in the day. And, uh, I thank the world of her and she's just a, such a sweetheart. She's another person that reached out to me when, uh, uh, my wife got killed. Uh, and, uh, he was just surprising. He comes out of the woodwork and then returns to see, Hey, how you doing? You doing okay. You doing better whatever. She's a sweetheart of a lady and she's as uh, over as anybody in the company, excluding Roman Reigns probably, but, uh. You know, she's just amazing. So I did watch WrestleMania, uh, bits and pieces, all of Austin's work. I wasn't aware. And I talked to him earlier today, that he was going to come to, uh, be there on Sunday night. I didn't even ask him. He didn't bring it up. So 
it was a total surprise for me. And I know that for dirt, dirt listeners and dirt warners, dirt needers, uh, they, they couldn't understand Well, you didn't ask what he's going to do. No. Why would I need to know that? If I'm going to go see a John Wayne movie, do I need to know how many people he, he kills or how many bullets he took or whatever? Just let me watch it. Okay. Let me, let me form my own opinions. Uh, and uh, that's kind of what I did. So I thought the production values of that WrestleMania event was nothing short of uh, epic. You know, the, the camera shots, the audio, the look of the building first class. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I did check it out and, uh, but I, I, I selectively checked it out cause I was always switching back to basketball. It was a lot of fun to watch stone cold's reaction. Just him cracking up when, uh, Vince just could not get the timing down for that stunner. It was like the old days all over again. Yeah. I've done that. I look just, I look just like that. He's, I was one of the first people, Steve stunned and, uh, uh, Unless you've done it or practiced it and I didn't do either, uh, it's awkward. It doesn't look awkward for somebody that really knows what they're doing, like the rock, you know, uh, I thought Byron Saxon did a hell of a job. You know, he, he came in and, uh, laid inning relief and I thought he did a nice job. So, uh, uh, that was a good moment for him. I thought, and then of course, uh, Pat McAfee had yes. a great, uh, WrestleMania and he's, uh, one of those guys that has unique abilities to identify with the audience. He has done that. His accomplishments in the match he was in, I thought were far exceeded my expectations. So congrats, I congratulated him that night and uh, on online on Twitter, I think it was. So, uh, anyway, uh, he, he had a good night too. So there were some really cool performances. Then you look at this whole event in total, you know, it, it looks as if Austin's done, I'd say he's done. Undertaker seemingly is done. Triple H is done. So there are three of my key guys in the attitude era that no longer will be stepping into the old proverbial squared circle and uh, lacing them up. So it was a, it was a, a great moment. I congratulate WWE for their success. And, uh, and I believe that it's, this is true. The better they do, the better AEW does. It really is. People say, how do you figure that? Well, there's plenty of money and, and, and revenue to go around. Number one, I just remember back in my own personal experiences when the WWF got hot, uh, and started the WrestleMania run, uh, and they got all the publicity and the Saturday night's main event stuff, and everything, our business in mid South at that time, there were spots where it, it helped it. It created more awareness of the genre of pro wrestling. Now you can pick, take your pick. You, I'm going to a pie shop. What kind of pie are you going to get? I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm going to get some pie because uh, it's, I hear it's really good. So, uh, that's kind of the deal there. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed the whole presentation. I wish it had not been so, uh, head up against the, uh, NCAA men's and women's basketball championship. Well, that was the nut cutting time. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, it, it was a real cool experience. I'm glad I watched both of them quite frankly. The other highlight for me as a fan, JR, was watching Undertaker go into the Hall of Fame and hearing his speech. I don't know if you caught any of that, but my goodness. I, I did not, but he and I communicated that weekend and uh he thanked me and I thanked him and you know, he appreciate he said, I always appreciated your wisdom. And I thought that was a hell of a compliment. 
he could go on to do uh, public speaking speeches and, and motivational speeches the way he laid out his, uh, his acceptance speech. It was phenomenal. So if you do get a chance, I would tell you, you got to check it out. He, he was just so impressive. He, he gave you Mark Callis, uh, Mark Calloway, should I say, the man versus yeah. the Undertaker. It was something to behold. So great, yeah. great weekend all around. And like you said, it's good for wrestling. That weekend also, we saw FTR in action. The ROH card happened. That was a lot of fun. Samoa Joe, he's back. I thought RO, I thought the uh, FTR, who's rapidly uh, elevated themselves to the arguably the best tag team in the world, uh, their match we had recently with the Young Bucks was nothing but stimulating. And uh, I thought it was just terrific. Uh, the match they had with the Briscoes, I'd, I'd like to see that match uh, returned because I'd like to call it. Oh, I like the Briscoes game. They're, so they're, they're, they're really good. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal wrestling right now. Like you said, there is a buffet of options and choices and so much is going on right now in the wrestling business. We're going to get into some more of it as we go through, but this week's show is all about asking JR questions from our listeners, man. I couldn't wait as I go, went through some of these questions to do this with you. So with all that out of the way, let's jump in JR. And we're going to start with a football question Adfreeshows.com top guy. Brad Stanton is going to start us off and he says, JR, did the Jacksonville Jaguars make the playoffs next year? Well, we obviously, for those of us that live here in Jacksonville and are so close to the Khan family, who signs my checks, uh, I I've become a Jags fan. And I think that uh, this season is really dependent upon the two running backs, Travis ETN and James Robinson, uh, coming back healthy. They got two really high level running backs that, uh, both got crippled up last year and required surgeries. So how they come back is a big key. What the Jags do with the first pick in the draft, which they have the second year in a row, you don't want to make a habit of that, but, uh, at any event, they'll, I hope they just maximize it. I don't know what they're going to take. Uh, they have a great coaching staff. Now they didn't have before, uh, there's no, you can't even compare Doug Peterson to urban Meyer. It's not even a, it's not even close. So, uh, I haven't answered this guy's question. Uh, uh, Brad, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I wish I didn't know when I go to Vegas and bust, bet a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> but right. I, if the guys come back healthy on the offensive side, they do a good job in the draft. Uh, and this coaching staff does what I think we're, what they're going to do. And, and let's also pay attention to how many on the first day that free agents could be signed. They, the Jags are very aggressive. Mr. Khan spent a lot of money on free agents. So how those guys, those new guys work out, uh, added to the draftees this year, uh, you know, they they can be in the hunt. That's my, that's my, my, uh, take on it. They can be in the hunt. They just got to have some pieces fall together and get, and make sure everybody's healthy. So let's hope that they do. I know one thing when they start winning, this town's going to be absolutely lit. Amazing. They're waiting. They're ready. And we got the quarterback. We've always wondered where does that quarterback come in? We got the guy. Now it's just a matter of, uh, building some pieces around him so he can function better. And, and one thing that would help him is a running game, obviously. And I just mentioned those two running backs that if they're healthy, uh, it's a different, it's a different look and feel for the Jags. So fingers crossed. We hope so. We hope they would get in the playoffs. That'd be great. That's why they play the games, JR, but, uh, we'll see the drafts just in a few weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with how everything shakes out there. A lot of speculation. We'll see how it all goes down. 
Uh, next question, we go from football, one of my favorites, to food. At Free Show's top guy, Mitchell Barnett, asked JR, what's your favorite restaurant to eat at when you're back home in Norman? And I'll take it a level deeper. What's your favorite thing to eat there at that restaurant? So what say you, JR? Well, uh, my friend Hal Smith owns several restaurants in, uh, throughout that region. I don't have any concepts he's got. Over 50. Uh, and over 50 restaurants. Uh, so I go to Charleston's it's about three in Norman. It's about three minutes from my house. Uh, I could walk there if it wasn't so lazy. Uh, that's my go-to. I know when I was in Oklahoma last, I ate there five times, in six days. So I really like it. Uh, and, and, uh, I love their homemade soups. Uh, I love their, uh, uh, they have a great, they have great fried chicken. They have great prime rib. Uh, they don't do the daily specials. They got a great menu. It's diverse. People go online, look at that Charleston. You may even have a Charleston's in your area. If you do, uh, for, for goodness sakes, try it out. Uh, my favorite restaurant in, in Oklahoma to eat at probably other than my friend Hal's places is the old, I think 50 years or more, uh, uh, cattleman steakhouse in the stockyards district of Oklahoma city. Uh, it's famous president's seat there and wrestling announcers as well. It's all good. Uh, so, uh, I got my spots and I got the one thing about Norman being a college town, there's just a, there's a lot of really good, uh, uh, restaurants and there's a lot of really good talent that are the waiters and waitresses cause it's, they're, they're, they're picking up those tips. So the service is good. Food's good. And, uh, you just can't go wrong at a Charleston's no doubt. Mm, sounds good to me. Yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, at freeshows.com, my push member, Christoph Hankerson asks, what's the one wrestling match in history that you wish you could have called? Very easy answer. Mick Foley went in the title for the first time. I was off on a, I was on the injured list, shall we say with the Bell's palsy issues. And, uh, I'd love to have been there to call Foley's first title win. I know how much it meant to Mick and, and therefore I know how much it meant to me. So I just, I wanted, that would have been cool to be able to, you know, circle his wagon here and connect the dots all the way around. But I missed that opportunity, but there were plenty more that came along after that. But I think the first title win for Foley would have been one I would have loved to have called. That's a match that'll always be tied to Tony Schiavone. when he used the line on, on Nitro, that'll put butts in seats. So there you go yeah. and Foley, but Hey, you know what, what a huge moment for Mick Foley and everybody did change the channel and, and history was made. So now nah, good stuff there. Uh, adfreeshows.com slap nut Ben Ledbetter says, I know you don't book the venues, but do you know of any future plans for AEW to do a show in Birmingham, Alabama? No, I don't know of any plans. Uh, I know that Birmingham is an established wrestling market, uh, especially when you go back and look at the territory days, Birmingham was a key component in a couple of different territories. So yeah, I would say that uh, Birmingham is definitely on the radar, but I'm not, like he said, uh, Ben, I don't work in that area. That's Raphael Morphy's deal. Uh, and he's been doing a great job for us, uh, booking the buildings and so forth. Uh, right size buildings, the right business deals, right routing, all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know about date, but do I think we'll run Birmingham at some point without a doubt. 
All right. Now, this guy, I think he's trying to stir you up, make you a little red ass. We'll see. Adfreeshows.com, top guy, Matt M. And I can say that because I know Matt. King of the Ring 98, Hell in a Cell, your famous call. They've killed him. Who's they? Undertaker yeah. is just one man. Is they the bookers, the industry, us fans for demanding more and more out of the talent? Sounds like Matt's looking for a, uh, something that ain't there. You know, we're all... It's, it's, it's the insatiable appetite for dirt is, uh, in, incredible or frankly, uh, I just, I misspoke simple as that. I wish there was a better story there. That, you know, you could, it'll, it'll get, this will get clickbaits any clickbait anyway. Uh, but I just made a mistake. I, I don't like using pronouns in my commentary. Uh, we have too many announcers in, in our game and in other forms of broadcasting that use, uh, pronouns because they're fucking lazy and uh, I don't like being perceived as being lazy. So I just, I, I made a, I, in the heat of battle, look where we are, look what's going on around us. Are you shitting me, Matt? How, how would you handle it? Would you call Dave first or would you, would you all start counting your stars? Well, I'm going to take a half a star off because Foley could have sold that for another three seconds. So no, it was no, there was no, there's nothing afloat. It's just simply a matter of JR making a mistake, getting caught up in the moment. And that, that, that they came, uh, I blurted it out and uh, in hindsight, it was not good broadcasting. Well, I hope you feel better about yourself. Top guy, Matt M for calling out JR live right here on his own podcast about they, I mean, you son of a bitch. Are you kidding me? You just called <laughs> out the voice of wrestling. You asshole right here on his own show. Yeah. All right. I tried to do a little run. He goes, love you, Jr. Please don't go red ass on me. Eh, it's too late for that, pal. <laughs> uh, Adfreeshows.com slapping up Mike Hoglin. We're going to have fun with him later. When they moved your announce table uh, to buy the stage uh, in 2002, did you have any issues with how hot the pyro would get? I can imagine when Kane came out, it was like being at the gates of hell. Well, my biggest complaint was leaving the ringside area. Uh, for the vantage point, the sounds, the sights, the smells, the perspiration, all those things that take you closer to the action. I thought that was, uh, a, a, a loss. Uh, I wasn't overly concerned but, uh, with the pyro, you know, it was hot, but I knew they weren't going to put Lawler and I in a position where, uh, uh, we're, we're in danger. Uh, but also to factor into that equation is the noise. Because all those canisters, uh, with, the, with those the noise explosion things, uh, were up there too. So you got a double whammy on it. But my biggest complaint in the beginning was I lost my vantage point. Uh, and you know, there's, there's nothing like hearing a, a Ric Flair chop and hearing it really right there. Just, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. Or that's just one example. There are many of them. Uh, so that was my biggest complaint, but you know, you, you get, you adapt and you get over it. And uh, I had to start practicing what I preach. And that would be working off the monitor. If it's not on the monitor, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. it, it and that's what you guys do nowadays, right? For AEWs, just stare down at those monitors. They have nice yeah. big monitors for you. Yeah. Whatever, uh, the monitors is your lifeline. So the monitor indicates what the fans at home are seeing. So you really have no reason uh, to look away at least for any length of time. 
So yeah, the, uh, the monitors are the way to go on that deal or anything like that. I, I watched, I, like I said, I sat right behind the announcers at the USC on Saturday night and, uh, they're good. And they rarely, they, they would look up some simply because they're at the, they're right there at the cage. So they're looking right up and there's the guys or the gals fighting. And, uh, so the good ones use the monitor. That's right, JR. So we, uh, peeked behind the curtain. We were having a little technical difficulty. You mentioned, uh, this is our, our second or third try at this, but you had mentioned previously, maybe tell them again, you were at UFC the other night and got to see that. Fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You and Tony Dana White invited the Tony Khan and I to, to attend. Uh, and, uh, so I, I, I left my house at 10 o'clock here on the beach to go to the event because it didn't start on pay-per-view until 10 o'clock Eastern. I don't think the main events went in the ring until about midnight, close to it. It was a long night in that respect, but Dana's always an amazing host. He had his front row seats, put us right behind him. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't watch the show back, but according to the, to my timelines, uh, we were on TV a lot and that was nice him to put the AEW over. Sunday degree. He and Tony are buddies. And, uh, I've known Dana a long time myself, probably not as well as Tony does, but, uh, he remembers my name. He's glad I came, and, you know, uh, he's just a great host, good dude. And he's, and when we're in Vegas, uh, coming up, uh, in a, several weeks, he's going to come to one of our events. So, uh, Dana's a good dude. And he, uh, we all have a lot in common. We're trying to sell tickets to a live event and, uh, and then televise it. So there's a lot of, a lot of common ground there. Afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Understood. It, uh, we were just talking about Kane and, and the gates of hell and, and all that good stuff. But Jr. The negative aspects of Vince McMahon are seemingly what people tend to focus on, JR. Is there a story about the kind side of Vince we haven't heard that many surprise that may surprise his detractors or go against the narrative? Thanks, Jim. Well, there's tons of them, you know, tons of them, you know, uh, but people, uh, you know, it's like somebody, who are they, you know, they're looking for shit because they, they think it's cute or it strokes her little, you know, ego. Those are the kind of guys that's nuts would fit into a thimble. Thimble nuts. That's what I call that. Uh, <laughs> Vince has done so many things for, for, for Jan and I, I remember one time he says, I, he really wanted me to us work on another contract. I said, well, I'm trying to save some money and get some money ahead of buy a house real estate there in Connecticut's expenses, especially there in Fairfield County. He said, well, I'll buy it for you. And then you can just pay me back. Somehow we'll figure it out. Well, I didn't want to be that obligated. I didn't think that was right. I appreciated his hospitality, but he offered to buy us a home. Uh, I can tell you something more close to my heart than real estate was that, uh, the day that I took Jan into the hospital, the ambulance did, and I met them there. Uh, she was already 
brain dead, unfortunately, God bless her. But, uh, about midnight or one o'clock, cause I don't even been in the hospital, maybe an hour or two, uh, my phone started lighting up and one of the very, very first people that called me was, uh, Vince. It had to be like midnight or 1 a.m. on the East Coast. He didn't have to do that. And some of you may think, well, that's not such a big deal. Where's the dirt? How many stars did he give you? you know, come on. Uh, he's just a good dude and, and, and has been a real good dude to me on many occasions. I know in my cancer scare, uh, he kept in touch with me during this cancer issue. So, uh, you know, we had a, we had a very unique relationship, but he did so many more good things for me than bad things. It's not even comparable. Mm. Thank you for sharing that JR and Tony flowers. Great question. Appreciate you, man. Good stuff. Uh, adfreeshows.com top guy, Michael McClanahan. We call him money. Mike, he's an accountant. Some people call him DiBiase jr. He says, how different would the invasion have looked if Tony Schiavone had been the one to replace Jerry, the King Lawler during the King's hiatus in 2001. I don't know how much. I don't have been any different. I mean, Tony have been like, uh, some say that he ex Calvin and I are now we're all, we're, we're three play by play guys doing an announce table. I mean, Tony could hold his end up on any area. So I don't know how the, oh, what this guy's looking for, but, uh, I don't know anything would have changed drastically. The thing about it is, is that you're, you're going to, people are going to compare this automatically to Paul Heyman. Tony Schiavone is a hell of a broadcaster. He's a hall of fame level broadcaster. But as a heel antagonist in the in the color uh, commentator's chair, he he he's not Paul Heyman. But that's not knocking Tony. Ain't nobody Paul Heyman. Yeah, Paul Heyman. I think too, uh, and, and and Michael, he's overall he's a good guy. And I think here Tony was kind of the face of announcing for WCW, so it would have brought more of that WCW impact having him also show up on the broadcast team. As if we had wanted more, if we had wanted more WCW and we had plenty of WCW, yeah, the, the, you don't tie your rope to a sinking brand that went belly up. So I don't know how much, how much identification that WCW do we want other than the talents that we're bringing in. That's enough identification. But if, if Tony had been offered a job and, and he happened to be sitting beside me, I'd have been fine with it. Why not? He's an experienced broadcaster and he's one of my oldest friends. 30 plus years we've been working together and now it's full circle and you're back at it together again. There you go. Life is something. I tell you what, Never know, man, just watching clash one big anniversary for it and listening to you two, uh, do that, uh, do that event together. And it's just crazy. All these years later, still getting it done for AEW adfreeshows.com top guy, Lauren Eason asks with Cody at WWE. Now, do you feel anyone else on the AEW roster might follow? You never know, Paul. I mean, I'm not going to name any names because how would I know? And if I didn't know names, why would I tell the slap dick or tell you for that matter? I just wouldn't do it. Uh, it's, it's breaching trust. I have heard no conversations, but look, let's be honest about it. If the, if the, if cash and creative are in place better in one company than they are, than it is in another, then you got people traveling. So I, I can't imagine that somewhere down the road, others will follow the same trail because most of them, the younger guys, especially grew up with WWE product on their televisions. So, you know, it's just, that's just the nature of the business. That's like the old territory days. Now we, we make a huge deal out of talents moving from brand to brand, 
back in the territory days, people changed territories every six months, every year, whatever it may be, but that's a different ball game now than it was then. So I don't know if, uh, about leaving, I know the guys that we have are making a good living or they wouldn't still be doing it. They got a very amenable schedule, i.e. they work one day a week and the travel is monitored and it is managed very well. Again, one day a week, I leave my house on Tuesdays and I'm back at my house on Thursday. I suggest most of the guys on our roster have the same gig and the Here ones you, that want to, yeah. the ones that want to make extra money can, uh, work Indies, which I encourage them to do. Uh, so, uh, no, I don't, I don't know who, who's next and I don't give a shit who's next. What difference does it make? Your show will go on. The games will still be played. You'll just have people wear playing in a, playing, a, a with a different Jersey. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're, but I don't, I don't have any idea, but I, I, I'm sure that at some point in time, there'll be others that look, let's face it at some point in time, you kind of run your course, you know, you, you're, you kind of done your duty. So. Jerry, you mean to tell me after all these shows that we've recorded together, that if I hit the stop record button, you won't give me the dirt on, on who's leaving next on who's no, going to WWE. I don't know. That's the beautiful part of it. I don't know who's leaving next. And I call my, I call matches better when I don't know, I don't need all this information. If I was going to call an OU football game, which I'd love to do someday, uh, I, I'm sure as hell, I'm not going to know the outcome. And I look at my work the same way. Wrestling and football, same deal. Prepare the same. Motivate yourself. But I sure as fuck don't need to know who wins. That's from real big time mark. It's got a big M on their forehead, tattooed on. That's what that is. I and need I, to know. You don't I'm, know you don't. And I'm you just don't. I'm just giving you shit. You I don't, don't want to I don't want to know. I you don't need to know. Why would know. you want to know? I don't want to know. I don't. I want to be surprised. Nothing's a surprise anymore. There you go. Uh, I just love to have a little fun with you, JR. Get you going a little bit. Adfreeshows.com slap nut to count Kyle ask, why do you want to who do you want to see as the next AEW champ after hangman's run comes to an end? Personally, I'd like to see MJF on top. He'll be there someday. MJF will definitely be the AEW uh, world champion at some point in time. I'd suggest sooner than later this year as in sooner. But I don't have that that written down. I haven't been Tony Khan didn't whisper that to my in my ear at the USC fights on Saturday. Uh but there's a lot of guys that qualify. Adam Adam Cole's a guy that's gotta be right there at the top of that uh that list, you know? He hasn't had a bad match yet. And he's hey, uh, hey. yeah, and he's very reliable. And he's got a beautiful girlfriend that's a big part of our team. So I think Adam Cole probably uh is in the, in line for a, an opportunity for that role. But I got to tell you, I'm not in any big hurry to, to take it off hangman page. He's getting better and better every time. And the things he did on TV in the last couple of weeks, little run-ins talking, interacting, uh, he showed a huge improvement in his game. He's in great shape. He looks good. He's healthy. So, uh, I'm, I'm not in any hurry to for hangman page to lose, but if he does come, it does come his turn. Uh, we have plenty of guys that, uh, I think, you know, we have got Kenny Omega back. Kenny Omega will be back soon at some point in time when he gets healthy. Uh, and so guys, we haven't even talked about lately, uh, Rusev, 
Samoa Joe. There's a lot of guys who would be good champions, but I think right now on the course I see it on is that, uh, if there has to be a change, Adam Cole would be probably my most viable, uh, suggestion. And there's another guy that he's not shy about telling about his need or want for the title right now. And that's the man CM Punk. Right, exactly. So it's going to so be our fun. covers are not bare. Yeah. Tony Khan has done a hell of a job in amassing this roster. And a lot of guys could fill that title role. I suggest without missing a beat, we got a lot of talented guys here and all of them are still of the mindset that being a champion in your company and being anointed the number one guy is still a very big deal. All right. Moving on adfreeshows.com slap nut Adam Arpin. He asks, it's often said in WWE, the year is written from WrestleMania backwards. It used it, to be. Okay. If this is the case coming out of WrestleMania 15, what were Austin's plans for WrestleMania 2000 prior to having him written off due to the neck injury? Would he have gotten the rematch with the rock a year sooner match with triple H or something completely different? I th I'm leaning because of rock schedule, uh, probably triple H that'd be my guess. Uh, triple H and Steve had great chemistry. I thought there's some really good matches. I enjoyed calling all of them. There's some really good, really good stuff. Can't go wrong going back and looking at some of that, those matches, but I'm just a pure guess triple H and that's only because the rock was, uh, getting so busy and did he have the time to build a story? You know, rock and Austin headlined, uh, WrestleMania, uh, what 15, 17 and 19. And it seemed like that worked out pretty good every other year. You know, you got something fresh rock could continue doing his movie thing and also could continue to build his legacy. So it seemed like it worked out pretty well. Adfreeshows.com enhancement talent, Richard Smith asks, I have a couple questions on the brawl for it all. JR number one, how do you feel about the dark side of the rings coverage? We'll go one by one here. So how did you feel about the dark side of the rings coverage? Mixed. Uh, I have some problems with some dark side, uh, editing. Uh, I thought those, I can't even remember the show. So I guess it's not that big a deal. Uh, I thought I was misrepresented a time or two on the edit, uh, how you edited pieces together to make, you know, maybe the equate. plane ride from hell. Maybe I might've been, yeah, yeah might've been, uh, but I mean, I, I admire those guys, uh, entrepreneurial spirit. And I think it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good purpose, but I think sometimes they bite into the apple of uh, the dirt and they, they narrow cast a little bit too much for me. Uh, but I still, I'm still going to watch their shows and, and I, I'm, I'm not sure I'll be on any more of them simply because I had a, such a, uh, uh, unfortunate, uh, negative afterthoughts of it, but you know, you never know, but I, 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 I those guys are good, good guys. They mean well, but I think the edit was a little bit callous and, and not well thought out quite frankly. So I hope they continue to do those shows. And if they do, I'll continue to watch and, and then we'll see, they should get better at what they do. They're getting better. Everybody's, we all got to get better. So I think that's what, uh, that's where they are. So entertaining uh, for sure. Number two, yeah. his question is if Dr. Death won, as it seems to be intended, would you still go with Butterbean murdering him? Well, it's booked. I don't know. I don't know how you get around it. Uh, 
all I would have told doc was you got to go for takedowns. Don't stand with him. He'll kill you. You gotta, you gotta find his legs and single leg him, double leg him, then use your strength and your bulk to ride his ass, blow him up and then beat him. Uh, but you know, we never got to have the chance to have that conversation, but, uh, doc beating Butterbean in Butterbean's world was going to be daunting to say the least. So, uh, it was just a tough scenario. Probably wasn't the best booking idea, you know, uh, and the, the medical bills that we ensued because of it, uh, were unnecessary and, uh, it just caused a lot of bad ill will, a lot, a lot of ill will. I guess all ill will is bad, but it caused a lot of ill will, I thought. And I didn't think that was necessary. Next question he asks, any heat on Russo for coming up with this crap for petty reasons? You know, I'm not one to sit here in 2022 to keep piling on Vince Russo. I mean, my God, let's figure out something else or a new topic, not just you, but just, you know, he came up with an idea and, and, and Vince bought it. So if you're, if guys are going to be pissed off, you should be pissed off at the old man, but nobody's got the balls to be pissed off at the old man. They pick another, a surrogate and Russo was a surrogate, so to speak on that creation. Uh, and I would say, yeah, there was heat on him, but, uh, there's always going to be heat on the guy writing the storylines. Yeah, absolutely. His fourth question. What do you think would have been a better use for Bart than what, than what seems like it is just a punishment covered by spectacle. I, that punishment deals with a bunch of bullshit too. Uh, anybody's buying that line after all these years, is very naive and haven't really done their homework. Why would we want him to fail? Uh, we wish he had more charisma, uh, but he looked good. He was reliable and dependable and all those things. A nice man. No doubt about that. Uh, I don't know how far we could have gone with it. To be honest with you. Uh, but. Punishment. No, uh, it, why would we go do take all those steps forward at the price that we paid to get the winner and then, then, then purposely punish the winner by, uh, and by not promoting him correctly. Uh, so I just think we got to a point where we tried, uh, to make that work for, for Bart's sake. Everybody liked him. Everybody respected him. I still like him. I still respect him. I'm not so sure he feels the same about me, but that's fine too. It's his prerogative. Uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, but I, I just think that, uh, uh, we, we probably could have done better with him, no doubt, but I don't know how much better we could have done or he would have moved up the card and stayed there very long. I just don't know that he didn't have Billy Gunn's charisma, let's say. Uh, of the two guys just compared them because they were tag team partners for so long. So, uh, I don't know what the answer to that whole thing is, but we could have done a little bit more, no doubt, but I just don't know how much more it, it could have gone. All right. Now we, uh, you did a fine job answering all those ad free shows.com enhancement talent, low quality music productions asks what's JR's favorite memory of bruiser Brody. Probably, uh, having in 1976. Uh, I was a major league umpire school in St. Pete and, uh, Frank was wrestling for Eddie Graham and Florida championship wrestling. So after some of those shows in the, that area, you know, the armory or wherever, uh, Frank and I would, I'd take my umpire buddies who are all, a lot of our fans 
and we'd go to dinner at late dinner with Frank and we'd sit in the booth and talk, uh, everything, but wrestling. Uh, he was a sports guy, he's former sports writer, college football player. Uh, so he had a definitive interest in what we were doing. And, uh, so, uh, those are some great times. We did that on two or three different occasions, but, uh, he was very, very well read was Frank and I enjoyed being around him. And, uh, he was always very respectful, a good friend of mine. And it was just a damn shame how, he, how his life ended. Uh, and that's still not been accounted for in my view. Uh, it's just amazing. You go back and you can talk about the uh, dark side. The thing they did on the Brody's death, you make you, it breaks your heart to watch it and makes you mad to watch it because nothing was really done. The guy got away with murder. Yeah. Mm. Simple as that. It's so cool too. Like when you talk about Brody and you say he was a avid reader, he also yep. a sports writer and it was completely opposite of the character that he did in wrestling. And he pulled that off so well, but as a kid, it was so believable. Like he was a monster. But then it you, it's just, it's just cool to hear you talk about him in that way. All right. At freeshows.com slap nut. Justin Bracken asks, everyone keeps saying it's a different time. And while there may be some truth to that, some things in wrestling should not change as an expert in this business. What do you think these things are? Selling, selling is imperative and smart selling, understanding how to sell, when to sell, when to register. When to go on the big sale, there's it's different levels of that. So I'm making a comeback, uh, uh, heels that can feed a comeback with multiple bumps after getting the heat on the baby face, uh, and the, and the heels are then able to feed that comeback, uh, in an exciting, timely way. So I think selling and, and is the main thing for me and, and being uh, logical. You know, uh, these kids are doing so many amazing things that they almost for, seemingly anyway, they almost forget what they just did last and they stop selling it. And I think that they're, uh, they're doing, if they did less, fewer moves, but sold them better, uh, that the match quality and their quality of life as a wrestler would improve, but you're, you're not killing yourself when every single match trying to get all the things that you do in, I think that's a mistake. Very good. Well said at freeshows.com. My push member love this one. Yambag Jones. Yes. Are there any new products coming to JR's BBQ? We can look forward to. I've used the all purpose seasoning on pretty much every damn thing. I think I make, and I love the Chipotle ketchup and honey mustard. Is there anything coming down the way that we can get our hands on? Well, the hot sauce is still in development, but it's getting closer. It's just, we find out in the space of the COVID era, uh, designing, developing and marketing new food products, things you ingest, uh, if there's a slowdown on it because of, uh, you know, workload, I'd say the biggest thing, workload. So our, our, we are, uh, I think red ass, so your, your shirt indicates the red ass JR hot sauce is coming. And, uh, I know we've been saying that for a long time, but I didn't also realize supply chain issues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once you get into the, it's just a matter of going through all the processes of, 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 uh, checking out the formula and the ingredients and shelf life and all those things. So, uh, I'd say that was, that's the biggest thing on the horizon. Cause I think it's going to be a big hit. Uh, and I, I think folks are going to like it, have fun with it. Something new. 
Hot sauce is always a, is a good one. Anything else, Jr. Down the road in your mind's eye that you think, hey, this would be cool a product for? I don't know. We got a we're we're growing, but you know that's one thing I've learned is that as you try to grow too rapidly and your, your infrastructure is not caught up and ready for your new product rollout, uh, it's, it's it's almost yeah. bound to fail. So nothing I want to talk about right now, but the hot sauce is something that's been on the radar for quite some time, and it's closer today than it ever has been. There you go. Adfreeshows.com enhancement talent Chris Gordon asks, when you have talent that are asked to compete in matches that are more dangerous, like a ladder match, did the talent get paid any extra, or is it still the basic formula off the house? I can't uh, speak for AEW because I'm not involved in that whatsoever. Uh, I can speak only from my experience of making payoffs in WWE for all those years, uh, that when talents were went above and beyond the call of duty, they got some extra cheese on their whopper. And, uh, as an incentive, but speaking of AEW here, I, I don't know. It could be, I, I don't hear that's the thing about here is that, uh, guys are making pretty good money because they're not complaining. Uh, at least to me, they're not complaining. I don't hear it. And, uh, so knowing Tony Khan, how fair he's been to all of us, I'd suggest he probably, uh, takes care of them, you know, kind of got to, I think. You always had a uh, reputation. I know that because, you know, you and I, we both talked to Mike Kyoto recently, but he always mm -hmm. brings up how you always took care of not only the boys, but the referees too. If they took a stiff chair bump or something like that, you would uh, put some cheese, extra cheese on their Whopper, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, they deserve, they earned it. Add free shows, enhancement talent, Pablo M asks after seeing Wheeler Uta live, I can't wait for this one because I think we're going to talk about him and Mox a little bit. He seemed to have it. I wanted to get your take on Wheeler Yuta. Well, he had it when he was working with Moxley and he was bleeding like a pig. Uh, uh, loved his body English. Uh, he became a made man that night on rampage. Incredible match. Yeah, it was really good. Really, really good. Uh, kids got a bright future ahead of him. You know, he's like a lot of those younger guys that are smaller. He's got to continue to hit the gym hard and work on his, uh, development of his physique. Uh, not that he's got a bad physique. He just needs to bulk up a little bit and that's easily done with nutrition and the workout regimen that's prepared for that. But he made a name for himself that night. And, uh, you know, uh, he impressed the hell out of me. I can tell you that right now. And, and, and by the way, just for the fans who don't know him or whatever, he's really a nice young man, very polite. He's got, you know, he's, he's well-raised good parents. Uh, he's not an idiot backstage, you know, he's, he's a businessman and for a young kid to have those traits, it's pretty damn impressive because you know how much he's going to get better at that. So, uh, it was a big week, uh, last week for Wheeler Yuta and hopefully all he's got to just continue to build on it. And I'm sure that he will. He's a bright kid. He knows what's there. He saw what's, what's a po possibility. Everybody around our company saw what the possibility was uh, and the fans saw it. So now it's up to Wheeler to continue to carry that ball. He is the ring of honor, pure champion, by the way, if you don't want to know what that is, Google it, but, uh, he has got a bright future ahead of him. That's for sure. Uh, Jr. adfreeshows.com enhancement talent. Ed P asks, if you could have picked one former or current NFL athlete to become a full-time pro wrestler, who would it be? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, there's so many charismatic and big, fast, strong, uh, football players. 
you have to find one that was a fan first. They're not getting into the wrestling business because a, they got, they watched out as a terrible, uh, failure in, in the NFL. Uh, you don't want that. And you don't want somebody that's just getting into wrestling because they perceive that's where they can go and get rich without the work. And, and that just doesn't work for any field. You got to work your ass off to get great. And, uh, so you have to find out a little about that, but you know, you, you pick out guys, you know, uh, I'm not so sure how, how LT wouldn't have done as a, as a pro wrestler attitudinally, uh, his defiance, his uh, body English, his controversy that followed him around LT would have been, and plus let's not forget, we take for granted how good an athlete he was. LT. So there, well, there's a lot of guys. Gosh, I so think a big personality is like the boss. Yeah. The like the boss is a good friend of mine. We've talked about this. Yeah. A cowboy and I tried to make inroads to boss after he left OU where he was a three-time all American linebacker, won two buckets awards. Uh, I, when I go to OU games in Norman, my friend Wallace Marsh has a suite there and he's kind enough to let some of us freeloaders uh, hang around and, and, uh, and enjoy the 18th seat uh suite there at the stadium and brian's usually one of our one of the guys there with us so uh boss is a good friend of mine but he would have been great it is at that time he was making great great money as a number one draft pick of the seattle seahawks and he thought that was his that was going to be his next run and it ended shorter shoulder surgeries things of that nature getting run over by bo jackson Everybody doesn't talk about that than how great a player he was. He graduated from college in three years. He's a smart guy. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's doing those Dr. Pepper commercials as a chief of police. And that's a nice little gig. And, uh, so he's a good friend, but boss has been great. No doubt about it. He staying healthy is key. He had the personality. He had the look, he had the body, the charisma. Yeah. He had all that stuff. Naturally. He just, he, he, he grew up being a football player. And he grew up always wanting to be a football player. And so he, he, that was, that was his focus. And then after football, it was, it became the movies. And so all of a sudden, you know, wrestling is far down the list and wrestling at that time was not as sophisticated. He probably would have been a better fit in WWF than in mid South, uh, financially, you know, but coming to mid South first and learning his craft would have been the way to go. Cause then he'd been fundamentally solid, fundamentally prepared to protect himself, protect his opponents, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, boss is a good one. Adfreeshows.com. My push member, Gavin asks, we've heard the stories of how challenging it can be to have Vince in your ear during commentary, but did he present any unique challenges when he was at the desk? Not really very easy to work with uh, a different, it was a different dynamic, him being backstage. Uh, surrounded by uh, people wanted his ear, wanted to ask him a question or just be seen, maybe more importantly. Uh, uh, at the desk, he was a piece of cake. You know, we, we had eye contact and we're, and you're out there doing live television or live to tape at least. You know, he didn't have the chance to have those intimate dial, intimate conversations with him on one end and you on the other. So no problem at all. He was a real pro at, at the desk and did a lot better job than people give him credit for. Adfreeshows.com slap nut Jeff Ronquillo asks, were there ever any instances where fans got to be a bit rowdy or annoying behind you? 
and the and the king as y'all did commentary. If so, did you ever do your best to ignore them, or did you ever get security to give them the boot? I don't think we ever had anybody thrown out. Uh, we did gain eye contact. We had security near us on both sides. The, the biggest culprit was alcohol. The deeper in the show, the more of these guys would drink, uh, and then they felt compelled to be on television and or make a scene. Notice me. Hey, notice me. Look, here I am. Uh, and, but we, I, I don't, we never had anybody thrown out, but we did have to calm some down or if you continue to, I don't mind them yelling. Just don't touch us, put shove and, and touch screw my hat, shit like that. Does the story stand out where somebody did mess with you like that? JR? There's a lot of them. Wow. They would just touch your hat and touch you and touch everything. They touch everything that you let them touch, I guess. It's just silly. Wow. This, they had to have attention. They're starving for attention. And that was one way. Cause they like, got these the great seats. Yeah. And there's great seats and, and right behind the announcers. And we did it on camera. They were right there, man. So they were filling up the screen and the monitor tugging out your cowboy hat. Well, you're touching it or whatever. Yeah. I, go, I can't I believe it, man. That's crazy. These people are out of control. guess I yeah, shouldn't leave, be surprised. Leave my shit alone. Yeah. And don't act like it. Don't embarrass yourself on television. There you go, Jeff. Craziness. And now you never believe you never, I guess you just can't imagine. You never, you can, you know, everything's going to happen, unfortunately, in, in this life, in this world, adfreeshows.com enhancement talent. Thomas Falbo asks, does JR believe WWE will eventually build a brick and mortar hall of fame museum? It wouldn't surprise me. I think that's been, that was a goal when I was there. You know, we looked at a lot of real estate in the Orlando area. Uh, I haven't heard anything lately on it, but I would be surprised if, uh, WWE didn't have a, uh, brick and mortar hall of fame at some point in time as a tourist attraction and, and having it built in an area where tourists or tourism was a big deal. So Orlando does seem to be a little bit logical, but, uh, I hadn't heard anything on that in a long time, but again, if they said tomorrow that they're going to build a new hall of fame or build a hall of fame. I would not be surprised. And as a matter of fact, I'd be happy. JR Charlie thrower is up next. And he says, Mr. Ross, what was your personal plane ride from hell? As in weather conditions, travel partner layovers, not the dark side of the ring episode. Do you remember a plane ride for you where it was just, just awful? I've been a lot of them. I've been traveling since 1974. So there's been a lot of turbulence. Uh, and, uh, but here lately, it's not been horrible, uh, a few rough ones, but I've been real lucky there. You know, I, a, lot, a lot of my peers have horror stories about that. I'm luckier than, than some in that regard. I, I mean, we've gone down where we've almost touched down to, at the runaway that had to pull back up and take off again because of something. Uh, there's a lot of scary things that happen. When you, the more you fly, the more op- options, opportunities you have in, uh, getting in or near a disastrous situation, but, uh, nothing else or nothing was, we, I, I, I was never involved in an emergency landing or, you know, where they had to put the foam on the, could get the landing gear down. I, I have never been there. Knock on wood. I don't want to be there. No uh, way. no way, but it, the more you fly, you just have to. It's like delays. It's like crying babies. It's like 
old people that never fly and they don't know how to put their seatbelt on or, or they don't know how to, they, they can't find the lavatory. You just went there. You forgot where it was. God bless them. So, uh, but I've been lucky in that regard, quite frankly. I want to ask you, cause my, uh, a person that I work with just ran into this on their flight to Vegas. They had someone where they were on the tarmac. They had to turn the plane around and put a guy in handcuffs because they refused to wear a mask. Did you, have you run into any of that so far in your trip? Not yet. I haven't, but I'm sure it's coming. Okay. Be honest with you. I'm sure it's coming. And that's so, how stupid is that? You know, when you get on the, when you know, when you get in the airport, you got to wear a mask, you know, when you get on the plane, you got to wear a mask. So why screw it up for everybody else on the flight? Because your ego and your, your stupidity prevents you from putting a mask on. How big a deal is it? Hey, I don't like wearing them either, but that's the rules. And I, I, I rather play by the rules and piss off the, the feds. They took him off in handcuffs. He's yelling. I hope this plane goes down in flames, all the stuff. And this guy's on the plane with his kids. All right. What is wrong with our society? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to tell you, man, things need to change to some degree in so many ways. Well, Dave McClay is up next and he says, what are JR's thoughts on the Sopranos finale? Well, like everybody else, you know, uh, number one, I hated to see the Sopranos go off the air. Uh, so I don't know if I would have been, if I was going to be happy with any finale because my favorite show on television was leaving me. I felt deserted, uh, in that respect, but, uh, I'm still trying to figure that ending out all these years later. I just figured there'd be a mass murders and mass people. You know, I thought the Tony Soprano and his family would not leave that little booth, uh, after eating those ordinary signing rings that the bullets will start flying and everybody that walked in the door, you got that little camera shot of, oh, okay, here he comes. This is the assassin. This is the killer, whatever, but it never happened. So I'm still trying to figure out that as best I can, but, uh, I, I guess if I had to give you an answer, I was expecting a little bit more, but, uh, we didn't get that, but what we got, we still talk about as in today. Wow. So true. Adam Leeson is up next. He said, if there's a surprise debut or comeback at an event, are the other participants of the match made aware so they can plan the match or is it done on the fly? I would say there's a little 50, 50 there, but most often, uh, when a, a new wrestler is coming in, uh, his opponent will certainly be aware of it. Uh, I like the surprises. You know, I like, uh, you know, I didn't know Samoa Joe was coming out the other night on rampage. Loved it. I meant it meant more to me at that point because I, I got a true, I wasn't pre, I had not preconditioned myself. So I think, uh, the surprise element is still a, a real good deal for everybody. So, but I, you, you don't, you're not going to have a match with two guys that don't, don't have at least some level of communication and maybe a text. And maybe some guys in a trailer outside the building hidden and the other guys are in the, in the building, in the locker rooms, and they still got to communicate to some degree. So that, that just may be text messaging back and forth or a, or a phone call. So, but it's, uh, you find a way you find a way you don't want to screw the surprise up. Then you don't want to have a great surprise and a great, uh, and then go ahead and have a shitty match. They don't, they don't, they don't, I don't equal out. So. All, all, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any issues with that. Well, I, I just, 
it's the only way to do it. I think, uh, to get your, your, your mileage out of it, get your money's worth. Yeah. Hey, surprise as many people as possible, but you're right. I think you, you gotta let the guy know who he's getting in the ring with so they can kind of figure out what they're doing. Right. All right. Greg's up next. He said, do you like OU Texas at the cotton bowl every year? Or do you wish it was played on campus every year in the cotton bowl? Don't want to change a thing. It's one of the oldest, most famous stadiums in America, maybe the world. Uh, it's, uh, 100,000, 50,000 OU fans, 50,000 Texas fans. Uh, the 50 yard line is the, the mark of is the uh, line of demarcation so that you start to 50, you go all the way around. That's all crimson. Then it fixes up there with the 50 and it goes burn orange all the way back around. It's colorful. It's on the fairgrounds, the state fair of Texas, the biggest state fair in the world. It smells, uh, the cotton, the, the hot, the corn dogs. The turkey legs, all those things are kind of unique to for a football game. So I like everything about it as it is now. It's in the second Saturday in October, uh, as a rule. And uh, Dusty Rhodes now he had bets every year because I think his birthday was October the 11th. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's right. And so that was about the same weekend of the OU Texas game. You notice I'd never say Texas OU. It's always OU Texas. He he was just the opposite, and uh, so I, I like the way it is. Like I like tradition. I, I like tradition. I don't to change it to go to Jerry's World for why? Better air conditioning. You know this uh, the Cotton Bowl is an outdoor stadium. You get the weather that comes along with it, and uh, but I, I love that whole setup. It's just unless you've been to one of those games, it's harder to understand how much fun it is. Uh, I, it's one of my favorite events to attend every year and it's harder to attend. You know, I, my black hat is apparently to some people, it simply means a meet and greet. Everybody wants a picture. I like that and I'm happy to do it, but it makes it a little bit more tough to enjoy. You can't walk the grounds of the fair and look at all the stuff without not being rude to somebody that you, you know, you know, I don't want to be rude to anybody, but at some point in time that fans believe that because you're there, that, that you're there and that the time you're there is their time. And so it's, it can be a little disruptive, but I love the te OU Texas game in, in Dallas. Hope it never changes. I went to my first game there in 1970 before I got in the wrestling business, I think 71 or two. So I've been, I've been going to those games a long time. I love it. And in Oklahoma, uh, when the team, the team has done different things. When coach Stoops was there, they took a bus down It's three hours, maybe. And, uh, Riley started flying guys. The flight was 28 minutes. I never understood that one, but when they drove the buses down, they always had a caravan of Oklahoma state, uh, troopers and the troopers would come by my house. Uh, the Lieutenant would come by my house and Norman and pick me up and I would ride with the cots to the game. Uh, and back. So we'd ride down on Friday and, and, uh, we'd go, I'd always take them out to dinner that night, uh, at, you know, at various places and, uh, had a little night of fellowship with those dudes. And then we'd go, they'd take me back and there's in their black and white to the hotel where everybody was staying. I'd ride with them the next morning to the game. The game starts at 11 AM central time out there. So they get their noon Eastern kickoff. So we would it'd be up early 
and I go to the stadium with those guys and it was just, a, and they became my friends, my buddies. I got, I've, I've put pictures up several times of the, of the, of the crew, the highway patrol crew, and they liked my stories. And I think they liked me buying them dinner and I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed taking them out. So, uh, it became, it's come become a tradition for me, the OU Texas scenario. And I, so I, I love that whole deal. And I've been to games. I've been to big games in the, in the OU games in the, uh, in Jerry's place where they had WrestleMania, uh, several games there. It's beautiful. It's a great stadium, but for football, old school, sovereign knocker football, uh, the cotton bowl is my spot. GR can just tell by you talking about how passionate, how much you enjoy it, the tradition. What are, is that your favorite tradition that you still do every year now at the age of 70 years old stuff you look forward to doing every year as you look at the year? It's always on my radar, Paul. It's always, uh, there. If I got, if I can get there. Yeah. It, wrestling has changed my schedule up somewhat. Uh, but you know, working with Tony Khan, uh, and we're, we're, we're working primarily on Wednesdays for me anyway. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even hang around for the rampage tapings. I, I like to watch it on TV as it airs. Uh, but yeah, I, it's always on that schedule. I always, it's one of the first things I look to see, can I make this game? It's like this year, uh, I may go to the OU Nebraska game in, in Lincoln. I'm thinking about that. I want to go to that game. I want to been a couple of games in Lincoln, both OU games, obviously, but it's a great football Mecca college football, Mecca, a uh, great stadium, great fan support. And they're great fans. They're not defiant and MF in this guy and, you know, jumping in your face and shooting you the finger and all that stuff. Uh, like, you know, like we talked earlier, hope you're, hope you're, uh, uh, your plane crashes on the way home type situation. That's kind of stupid. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Nebraska be on my wish list this year. I just want to be able to go to, uh, more OU home games and, and sit in that suite with my friend Wallace Marsh and the boss and gosh, we always have all kinds of, we've had so many celebrities come through there and, you know, they come down to see us and we got booze and we got food and we got 18 seats. That's great. And we got like six televisions. Sounds like a blast, man. It's a football fans fans dream. Yeah. So it's uh, it ain't roughing it. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, that's the way to do it, man. Sounds like a great time, and I'm glad you look forward to that. And it sounds like it's just a lot of fun for you. So that's very cool. It, it is, yeah. Kurt Zamora is up next. He said, "There's a lot of debate in sports, and some of these high-priced commentators like Buck and Aikman are worth it. And they just got big deals with ESPN. If fans tune in just for the commentators, and can he says if fans tune in." just for the commentators and can they make a bad game worth watching? What are your thoughts and how do you think that translates to wrestling? Absolutely. They can make a bad game worth watching if they're entertaining and informative and they get in the flow of the game. They tell the story that's being laid out before them. Absolutely. They can make it better. They can make a great game. Unforgettable. I think the same thing about wrestling, you know, uh, if the guys give us what we need to, build their story, uh, we can help make their match better. And if they get on that special level, uh, then all of a sudden you make those matches unforgettable, but absolutely. I, those guys earn every dime they got there. Uh, th that's the constants that you can always know you're going to get Aikman and buck are going to be great. No matter who they're working for, they're not going to change how they broadcast because they went from Fox over to, uh, 
ESPN. Now it's just a matter of, uh, you look at that ESPN roster of, of, of broadcasters and, uh, they got a very impressive group. I don't, it also brings up the point who's, who's going to replace them on Fox. I haven't heard that yet, but those are prime, uh, opportunities for somebody. And, uh, and Fox is a great company to work for. I, I got friends there. Jacob Oldman's one of my best buddies and he's a senior VP of sports there. One of the, one of the best guys I've ever met. And, uh, so knowing them, they'll come up with the right answers, but they're like, they're like wrestling broadcasters. There's not a lot of, uh, depth in that world. Uh, the, the depth of where you would feel good about them being on your, a primary broadcast. Buck and, and Aikman, there was never a question. They were like mad in Summerall. And, and I can Marquee. promise you, yep. I, I tuned into a lot of football games because I saw where Madden and Summerall were calling the game. So I knew I would be entertained. If the game didn't do it for me, they would. And that's kind of how I look at it now. Love them or hate them. They got left big shoes to fill over at Fox. You're absolutely right. So we'll see how that all breaks down. Matt Guerra has the next question. He said, over the years, how many black cowboy hats has JR owned and how many does he own today? I have three uh, left. Uh, they cost a thousand dollars a piece, hundred percent beaver fur. And they're custom made in Oklahoma city, about three blocks in that cattle and steakhouse. I was uh, telling you about. In, in Oklahoma city stockyards. Uh, I have three hats now. Uh, I have two in Oklahoma and one here in Florida, but, uh, I, I had more of them until Jan found out that the, how much they cost. She was giving them away. Like their glasses of Snapple. She donate them. God bless her. She was such a good hearted woman. She'd donate them to, you know, make a wish and all these different charities, which I was all for, but. All of a sudden you, you, you get down to where you got one hat left and you got to have a backup, uh, just for, as a fail safe. So now I've got three, I've had as many as seven or eight, uh, but I don't have her around anymore to give my hats away, but God bless her. So that's, that's not, that's the current total. There you go. Blood on the canvas says we know Vince is very active in WWE's creative direction, but how hands-on was the cowboy? Did he give bookers a lot of leeway, a bullet points guy, or was he micromanaging? Seems like mid South UWF was always evolving. How much of that was the bookers influence? Well, cowboy had a unique thing there. He was the owner. He was a part-time number one baby face when uh, business needed a little surge. Uh, but he had, he had cowboy always hired bookers because he wanted a booker to be at all the events. He wasn't going to do that. He'd, he'd only be uh, at the events he was actually wrestling in, or there was a big show, uh, you know, uh, so, but Bill always had a booker, you know, like we had Kim Mantell, we had Ernie Ladd, Bill Dundee, uh, Eddie Gilbert got the job at the end, but it was too late. That wasn't really fair to Eddie, but, uh, he kind of went down with the ship on that one, unfortunately. Um. Uh, so he, uh, I, but Bill was hands-on, my God, he was very hands-on. Bill was a guy that would, he had a little recorder. He'd lay out the match in the baby face dressing room. That's where he dressed. Uh, and then he would send what he wanted the heel to do. 
across the ring with a referee, including myself many times, but take it. Then that was, that's when it got funny because then the talents would hear what cowboy wanted. And cause he wasn't in the room with them. They could second guess it bitch and moan and raise hell. So, uh, uh, but that was just nature of the beast. Nothing hadn't changed today. It's not changed. The business hasn't changed. It's still apprehension and, and, uh, people are leery. They're paranoid, uh, more are than not. So, uh, but Cowboy was very hands-on, no doubt about that. I mean, to the point where between one hour mid South shows, he, I remember one time he's showing, uh, he had to show, he wanted to sh show the guys how to throw a kick and he's wearing his cowboy boots. So he had first person he came to was buddy Landell, which I think everybody kind of enjoyed seeing buddy get kicked, but buddy was on all fours. And, uh, uh, cowboy, uh, picked him out of the crowd, so to speak. And he, he kicked the shit out of him and he potatoed him, but Bill didn't perceive it as a potato. He just perceived it as being snubbed and protecting the business. So, uh, but he was very hands-on in every area. He'd show guys how to throw punches and sometimes he'd lay it in a little bit, a little stiff, leave a little bruising at times, but he, he, he coached his team. And all phases of the game from the line of scrimmage to how do you carry the football? He coached his team and he knew exactly what he wanted from everybody on the card. Everybody was there. Even the guys who were doing favors and working prelims, they were there because they were good at getting somebody over. So, uh, very hands-on. Very involved. All right. Coach Rodney's up next. Many wrestling experts love to talk about the contribution the Rhodes family has made, but I think they undervalue the funk heritage. Terry was an amazing wrestler over many decades, but it's the wrestlers like Dory that created, uh, but it's the wrestlers that Dory created that makes them better. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I, I got both families have contributed immensely. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody in a conversation, Paul, that I've ever been adjoined to that, uh, uh, didn't give the respect to the funks that they had earned. They've earned, uh, if you really know anything about wrestling and contributions, things of that nature, you know, that, uh, how much they've contributed and what they meant to the wrestling business. And of course the roads deal now is very topical because Cody went back to WWE and got his big win at WrestleMania. So that's topical. It's timely. Uh, and Dustin still does at 53. He just had his birthday here a few days ago at 53 years of age to still work as well as anybody we got or anybody WWE's got It's quite go out and have this one match. Get this one guy over or whatever you're going to do. Uh, Dustin was still very, very good, but their time, their, their name is time is topical. Uh, but boy, the funks contributed just as much as any family I can think of. You know, you can think only a few hearts. Funks, Briscoes, the real brothers, the real relatives are in the business. So, uh, that's like the question about cowboy. Was he hands-on? Oh shit. Yeah. Hands-on literally, literally. And, uh, but he was, yeah, this, the, the funks are, I mean, it's like a no brainer. And, and oftentimes the talk is about the funks and the Briscoes because what dusty and had with Terry and, uh, and, and junior from time to time more off with Terry because they get the color and they were a little bit more coarse, a little bit more rugged. Dory was just a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. 
He could brawl, but that wasn't his forte. Terry could wrestle, but that wasn't his forte. His forte was brawling. So they, they were different, different brothers, but, uh, neither family can be given too much credit. They can't as they just contributed that much. I know Dusty has been very proud to see how Cody did at WrestleMania and he wasn't wearing polka dots and all that other shit. So, uh, had the whole American nightmare, the song, the whole deal. Yeah. He had, he had his AWE, AEW act with him. That's right. Music, attire. You know, he had, so, and that's good. I don't see anything wrong with that. And you. Nate Nassworthy's up next. He said, JR, what were your thoughts on the Tough Enough series, specifically the MTV seasons? Why do you think it didn't necessarily work in making new stars? Well, I think we made a few new stars. Uh, I don't know how many, what the expectations were of the, this person. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was a good idea. I'm all for having organized systems like NXT at one time, things like that, uh, to help get your talent over. It's all this, the, our business is always about developing new talent. Who's going to stick, who's going to attach to the audience. Who's going to connect in other words. So I, I, I was a good fan of the, uh, tough enough. Uh, and I was managing the talent roster. I was involved in contracts and, you know, talking to the kids and young people. And then we loaded it up with some real good instructors from time to time. So. I, I had no issues with it. I thought it worked out pretty well. And I don't look that person that asked this question, whoever the hell it was, uh, Nate, uh, they, uh, well, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't successful. Look, if it got one, if we got one star out of the whole process. It was worth it. And we got more than one. So, uh, but I, I thought it was a, I, I definitely thought it was, was a success. Could it have been a bigger success? Uh, you know, tweak here and there and you hindsight being 2020. Sure. But I thought it was, I didn't, I never thought it was a failure whatsoever. Still don't. Jr. Peter Ansbacher is up next. He said, what was it like calling some of the old Scott hall matches when he was diamond stud? Did you realize his potential then? Well, I realized that, that Scott had. Uh, really good uh, fundamental skills, very, very good uh, sound tactician could tell a good story, could work with anybody and make them look better, which is a great gift and great skill set. He didn't have the charisma that he just demonstrated when he became razor Ramon, razor Ramon kind of turned his whole thing around in, in my view, and he lived it, he, he perfected it. He believed in it, uh, and it worked for him. So, but you, you could never discount or not recognize, uh, Scott Hall, diamond stud, whatever at that time, uh, his, uh, his wrestling, his intellectual ability to wrestle, to tell a story, but he didn't get the whole package that didn't come together until he became racer and post racer. Cause he seemed like he just had more confidence in his own charisma. It was always there, but I don't know that he, Scott even quite believed it could be as good as it was until it happened. Jr. up next FRA. And he says, do you think AEW on Fridays needs more focus on who they feature? Maybe make the TNT title, the focus and build around that. Um, 
I guess this, uh, who's this Carl? Nah, it goes by F R A. I believe if you have Carl there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it sounds like he's doesn't like the show and he's, he's wanting me to agree with him, which I'm not going to do. Sorry, Carl, or whatever your name is. Apologize. Cal. Is that it? Cal's the next, Cal's the next one. So this is, this, this oh, guy, oh, guy goes oh, by F R A. F R A. Okay. F R A. I'm sure that's your real name. Uh, that's why he's bold. It's amazing here. Guys got gimmick names. Yeah. 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 Gimmick names on the Q and A's. <laughs> here earlier on, everything was slap nuts, this and slap nuts, that <laughs> that's the, Where the hell that come from? that's the ad free show member titles. That's their, Jesus. their titles. Yeah. So the, the, I get that, but the, these, these, uh, some of these are our Twitter questions, uh, from your favorite, favorite social media platform, Twitter. Yep. Hey, I got almost, I'm getting close to 2 million followers. You're um, You're on, you're amazing. You are on a superstar fire. on Twitter. I'm on fire. On uh, fire. <laughs> Uh, I think that the Friday night show is still a work in progress. We just got started. It's a one hour show. It's going to have a different feel and different texture than the two hour shows or longer. So I, I, I'm, uh, we have the talent to load those shows up and maybe that's what this guy or person is referring to, but I, I don't have any issues with the Friday night. I think it's. I like an hour of television is following a two hour show on Fox called SmackDown. So, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's doing fine. So, so uh, you don't, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, it's got to evolve. It's got to develop. Is this guy Patience. trying to get some clickbait out of you so that you can Jr. thinks that Friday nights need to do, 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 do. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I, let's I, move I don't on. have any, I don't have any issues of Friday. Yeah, night. You have not. Yeah. There's nothing there. For JR, he thinks they're doing good. Cal wants to know we're we're on to Cal. We're in the final five questions of this episode. You always talk about Mick Foley and Vince saying you have to learn what it's like for a wrestler to break your heart. What wrestler actually broke your heart? Nobody. Sorry. We can't all cry together. <laughs> Cal. That was Vince saying that, not me, about breaking somebody's your heart. You know, quit playing Vince is, games with my heart. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't <laughs> Nobody he was just saying there. that you get so, you get so wrapped up in supporting a talent you believe has it and can come in and help you. And then when they, they fail for a variety of reasons that, that could cause failure, it could break your heart. Uh, I never got my heart broken by talent. Uh, I've had, I've been, my heart's been broken. Uh, Owen Hart broke my heart. Mm. Brian Pillman broke my heart. Absolutely. Eddie Guerrero broke my heart. And all because they died, not because of anything in a wrestling ring. Uh, great points. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I never, I, I, I never had my heart broken by a wrestler. Uh, but I understand what Vince was saying to me. It was a very, very good lesson for me to be aware of. And, uh, so, uh, he's a lot smarter, a lot more intuitive than people want to give him credit. Cause they'd rather just bash McMahon. It's just more fun. They grew up bashing McMahon. So I guess it's never going to end. Jay, the K wants to know, uh, asked JR, which Oklahoma players in the upcoming NFL draft, do you think have the highest potential in the league? Oh, to go to the NFL. Yeah. Who do you think has the highest potential in the NFL? Uh, uh, Nick, uh, 
our linebacker. I had a tip of my tongue there. Uh, Let me see if I can find him. Oklahoma. Nick Benito. There it is. Uh, he's really good. He's a sleeper. He, he, he's probably not going to be a first day pick, but whoever, whom, whomever's team gets him on the second day, if he, and I don't think he'll ever last till the third day, uh, are going to get him a help player. He's a fast edge rushing, uh, assassin. And he did a real good job for us. And, uh, you can't, you can't teach speed and him rushing, coming off the edge or wherever it may be. That speed is his, his calling card. So I'd say that, uh, Nick Benito is probably going to be our top pick this year. Uh, but there may be some sleepers. I got some big offensive linemen that probably get lost in a draft at some point, then end up, end up starting or being. Are making a team. Coach Bill Beaton, those are offensive line coach. He's amazing. He's also lives next door to me in Oklahoma. So I'm a little partial. He's my buddy. As you should be. There you go. And he, uh, he's recruited a lot of six, five, six, six, 300 pounders that somehow or another, they, two of them are starting in the offensive line for the chiefs, Creed Humphrey at center. And, uh, uh, I wanted that kid for the Steelers last year. My goodness. Uh, Hey, hey, look at he start, start every game. Yeah, he he's a stud. I think he made the start. Pro Bowl. I think he did too. Yeah, he's an Oklahoma boy too. Not just Oklahoma University, but he's he grew up in Shawnee, Oklahoma. He's he's, he's a center through and through. All right, Ben, we're down to the final three. Jr. What do you think was the most important lesson you learned from working with Bill Watts, Vince McMahon, and Tony Khan? So he's looking for three answers. Most important lesson from each. Well, that's a hard one. Uh, Tony Khan, I, I admire his, uh, bravery to break tradition and to get, you know, get people in matches that, uh, that were like, are like dream matches. Uh, to me, that's his vision and trying new things. He's not a traditionalist, but he has traditionalist qualities about him. Uh, Cowboy and Vince, you know, I haven't worked for Tony for three years now. I signed a contract three years ago, three-year deal three years ago. So here we are. Uh, we'll see where that, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. I'm interested. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Vince is, he feel volumes of pages. Uh, because I work with Vince on a administrative level and as a talent. So I got a little bit of all of it in my background, my DNA, and it's all good shit. Uh, cowboy, I got, I got my bachelor's degree from cowboy. That's how I look at that. I got my advanced degree from, from Vince masters from Vince. There you go. Your yeah. PhD. I, uh, nobody, I will challenge anybody in wrestling anywhere, uh, to top my, my, my mentors and my influences, uh, I, cause I think I got the best schooling that, uh, I could have ever received from cowboy and, and, uh, the later Vince and now Tony, they're all different guys. You know, Tony's 35, 37 years old. He's a different mindset. So I learned something from all of them. So on the flip side of that, 
Who would you say is probably your mentee? If you had to pick someone that you've kind of ment- mentored the most throughout your career. Oh man. I'm sorry. It just sparked me when you talk. I helped a lot of guys, Paul. I helped yeah. a lot of guys. You know, I don't, think there's one guy. Yeah. Okay. That's all it, all that's, that is your clickbait. Ross says blank was his number one. <laughs> I'm just curious if there's always kind of one or two guys. Oh, no, there's not one like guy. I really I, poured a lot into. I held, I helped a lot of guys and I'm not saying that breaking my arm, patting myself in the back as monsoon would say, uh, but I helped a lot of guys. I felt like that was my obligation to play it forward and leave something behind. I'd say right now, my biggest, uh, uh, the person I'm helping the most now is probably Excalibur. You know, uh, again, when you get three announcers sitting at the same desk and sometimes four and the three, but the three that are always there are, have always been play by play guys. They're used to leading. It's like dancing. It's like getting your rhythm. Uh, so we're all in a unique role in that respect, but we're our, I think our, our three man team is strong. At least I, I, I believe that can we get better? Yeah. And we are. But right now I'm spending a lot of time, uh, helping Excalibur when I can. And, and it's certainly not that he needs, he's, he's a, he's a lost case. He's far from it. Uh, he's a hell of a, uh, he's a hell of a, a broadcaster. He got, he got ribbed like hell when he got the, uh, the observer award, you know, and everybody said, what do you think of that JR? And you guys come He's, he's coming after you or whatever. You know, okay. <laughs> whatever. Uh. You gotta be I proud of he, him. Yeah. I was very proud of you. He won it twice. And very proud. But I'll keep him honest. I said, I think you only got to win 13 more to tie me. <laughs> Love it. How Old dog. Shoot? I get one more bite in or I'm more growl. So but, uh, he's a great student. He's smart. And, uh, you know, I think we have to do a better job of explaining some of the, uh, Hispanic named, uh, holes moves. I think we've got to all do a better job of that. Uh, uh, Tope El Suicido has got to have more to it than that. It's a suicide dive. So I call it a suicide dive forever. Now say Tope and the dive itself is in, in, in Spanish, Mexican, Latin is a Tope. That's, that's becoming his trademark. It is his trademark line. So I think we could do a better job in translating, so to speak, no pun intended, uh, that. But, uh, he's really smart and he's conscientious. He's always on time. So I got a lot of time for extra calories. Good guy. And, and of course, Tony and I is like, we're just like an old pair of shoes, peanut butter, jelly. We just, we just put, put your socks on, put your shoes on. They're still, they're always going to fit. Two more questions. Francis Reyes. Why do you think you, uh, you were not asked to do a, a full on series of world of sports taping instead of the pilot that you were a part of? Did they have more shows? Maybe it's, a, it's either cost matter because I didn't come cheap. Uh, I had a great time doing them. I would have done plenty more if they'd ask. Uh, but that thing was so, uh, infrastructure wise was a little bit, uh, challenging, you know, a huge network like that, a lot of hoops to jump through, but I can tell you that I was there two or three days. And I loved every minute of it, had a lot of fun. So, uh, 
but I don't think anything to do with my work. But that's what you're looking for. Uh, they like me. They, I still keep in contact with those people. Yeah, I'm sure if I was in a contractual position and they were going to do more wrestling, I would be back helping them. So it was all good to me. It's just, I, I just never was sure how far that was going to move forward. And there might've been a time too, where I went back to WWE at that time, that might've been a more lucrative deal, quite frankly, and no, and no travel to the UK. JR final question of this lengthy ask JR anything. Thank you for being a great sport, hanging in there, answering all of these, the yeah. kimono dragon speaking of gimmick names. Is there anyone in wrestling past or present that you wish you would have worked with in your career? Oh, sure. A lot of guys. I wish I got to work more with buddy Rogers. I met him three or four times. I wish I had got to work with some of those legends, uh, the Briscoes, Jack and Jerry. Uh, I wish I'd have been around in their territories where they were, uh, we've been two guys I would have loved to, to work with. You, you learn a lot from psych psychology and things of that nature from, from older guys like Fez. Who I knew and I had great relationship with, but I could have learned a lot more. If I spent more time around Lou, just fundamental stuff. Think, you know, sometimes it's things not to do. And, uh, I was talking to Tony Khan the other night at the, at the USC and somebody got, uh, another competitor in a Kimura, which as we all know, is nothing more than a double wrist lock, but it's not got the cool name. Uh, you know, but well, the buzz. Hey. Whatever. What do you want? I don't even know what that is. So what's, what's that? No, just saying it's, it's more, it's more sexy. It gets the buzz. Going. Oh yeah. Kimura lock. Yeah. Kimura, yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's a double wrist lock. And I told Tony sitting beside him there at ringside that, uh, that was Luthez's go-to. If Thesgut was in a territory and some, their local hero was acting a little cute and thought he might steal one and leave there as the NWA champion by beating the great Luthez. That would have been a huge feather in the guy's cap. And it would have been a lot for the local promoter. And, uh, Lou always had to protect himself with a double wrist lock. I went to Cauliflower Alley club, a thing one time with, uh, uh, can't remember what year it was a few years ago there in Iowa. Great group, great fun. Uh, I believe in the, I believe in the call for alley club immensely. And I believe in what the guys are doing there in, uh, in Iowa. Uh, and Larry Henning was there. God bless him. One of my favorite guys to shoot the shit with. And, uh, there was somebody had an old picture of this working with Larry and believe it or not, they had the double wrist lock on Larry Henning. And Larry said, that's a, that's some bitch would grab you that goddamn double wrist lock. Sometimes just to show you that he could put it on you anywhere he wanted, anytime he wanted, and he could break your arm. He said, I never, I said, you having problems with, with blues? Oh no. He just wanted to show to me and the boys that are watching. I can do this to any of you anytime I want. And there's nothing you can do about it. That'd be like Brock, Brock Lesnar going to walk through the locker said, which I'm going to get one of you guys in a double wrist lock tonight. And there's nothing you can do about it. So there's something to be said for that. So, uh, uh, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I've, I like some of those older guys you can learn a lot from, but, uh, you know, I don't know. There's so many, I'll, I'll remember guys. And this is all said and done, but you got to remember, I got in the business in 74, Paul, I've seen a lot of guys, famous guys, 
that were already made men long before I got in the business that I got to know. And that was pretty damn cool. And I had great mentors too, that helped bring me along and kept me alive and up. So we weren't late and all that stuff. Cowboy would find your ass. And when you're making 25 to $40 a night, you get fined $25. So now you're down to 15. If you're on a $40 a night, you can't make a living on $15 a night. So you're damn sure going to be on time. So things like that, you know, but working with Watts was a, was a great thrill for me. I, I loved it. Well, JR, uh, you, you said it started back in 74. We're almost about a year and a half away from that 50 year anniversary of jr and wrestling just hard to believe man it's incredible to think about that's going to wrap us up for this week next week it's backlash 2002 the 20 year anniversary the wwf presented the last wwf pay-per-view of all time it's all about the draft steve austin walks out for the first time then he comes back the brand split Hulk Hogan's running wild with the red and yellow all over again. He wins the sixth WWF title and it's Brock Lesnar's pay-per-view debut. So much going on on that show. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one, man. I know you are too, JR. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Uh, very, a uh, lot of, a lot of significant things happen in and about in and around that show that we'll get into next week. When we get, when we get Conrad back. I think you're going to have him for that show because you're doing a great job. He's, he's like Johnny Carson now, man. He, he works is, about it. He works about every third week. You know, he is, uh, wasting away in Margaritaville. He's nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All those tourists are covered with oil. Uh, he he's down, he's down. I think it's somebody's anniversary or something's going yeah. on. Well, yeah. good for him. He works his ass off. He needs a break. So we got to keep, we got to take care of Conrad. That's right. He needs to, he, we need longevity out of him. So there you go, but buddy, let's talk about what you're up to in terms of travel. Cause he's not the only one traveling. You're headed to Liverpool, April 23rd and 24th. It's a Saturday and Sunday for the love of wrestling. Jr. Tell them all about it. Well, after, uh, our, our Pittsburgh dynamite event, uh, I'm going to, uh, fly to New York city on Thursday. And then I'm going to have a little layover there and then connect to fly into Manchester. Then from Manchester, I'll drive, have a car drive me to Liverpool and uh big time, uh, autograph meet and greet. Uh, Paul, some of those names Stars on that list. Galore. Yeah. Sting, Kurt Angle, Trish, Mickey James, Bray Wyatt, MJF stars from the past stars from the future. It's loaded, dude. I think Alita is going to be there. Tori Wilson. Yes. Candace so I'm very Michelle. lucky. I'll be, I'll be near the ladies booth. I guess nothing else is glance out of every now and then, you know, uh, but yeah, it's because of COVID, you know, it, it put the restraints on a lot of us doing those things and me being in the high risk group as I, it's oftentimes pointed out to me, uh, we're kind of, we got all got a landlock, so to speak. So, uh, I haven't done any appearances in a long time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Steiners or a lot of my favorite people. Our favorite wrestlers are on the show. Uh, so check out their website and, uh, I think Paul's got that, 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 uh, their website stuff. Uh, but you know, I think you, I, you might be able to order things to get signed online. Uh, there might be more ways to, to, to participate than just simply, you got it. uh, you know, uh, go, being there. Cause everybody can't go to Liverpool. Go to for the love of wrestling.co.uk. 
ForTheLoveOfWrestling.co.uk. If you Google For The Love Of Wrestling, it's going to come right up to the top. And it's all there. Everyone is going to be there, how it works, how you can get tickets. It is loaded, JR, to your point. Lots of stars. It, it's the biggest uh, star-studded event of any appearance I've ever been booked on. The list is long and interesting. I think Dave, Dave, uh, Earl Hebner's going to be Hebner there. Earl will be there, yep. Uh, and uh, JBL, Ted DiBiase. I mean, so many guys. The, can you imagine the show? The real show is going to be after we get back to the hotel and, <laughs> and uh, circle the bar. The Nasty Boys. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that one. I'm glad, though. I'm glad because yeah. I, I knew Novice has been sick. Uh, I'm glad he's going. And uh, it'd be good to see those guys. You know, with so many, you know, Scott passing away so abruptly and others uh, leaving us prematurely. Man, you have a different attitude at my age about who's who you're going to see and, and, and being able to have one more opportunity to, to interact with them. So I'm really excited about all that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and heartwarming, quite frankly. Yeah, it's loaded with talent. A lot of folks So check it out. JR is going to be there. And, uh, my goodness, I see why you want to sit by the, the ladies table. You said Tori Wilson, Victoria, Trish Stratus, Mickey James, Lillian Garcia, I mean, Candace, Michelle, the list just keeps on going. I heard yeah, most of the, it's, it's ironic that many of the people that are appearing there were my signees. Yes. So, uh, it'll be fun to catch up, talk old times. Maybe they're not mad at me for a payoff. They got in Sheboygan at some point in time and everything would be cool. <laughs> you know what? Time seems to heal all that stuff. So yeah, I'm sure does. you're going to have a good time. So there oh, you no go. doubt. Yeah. No doubt, buddy. I'm excited about it. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun as hell. Before we get out of here, JR, we got to get talk about jrsbbq.com because we got to make sure everyone knows about where they can find the awesome products, Chipotle ketchup, honey mustard, all that good stuff, the all-purpose seasoning. Make, let, let's talk a little bit about what they can find over at jrsbbq.com. Well, we got we got a, we got assortments. We got boxes of that contain different multiple products. Huh? It's kind of cool, great gift ideas, little cool little boxes where they come in, but it's, it's as simple as one bottle of sauce. We got you covered. Uh, but we have, we have all kinds, like I said, different packages where you get like a variety pack. I, I believe for a wrestling fan, they're probably about as good a, uh, gift idea as you could come up with. Uh, we have a lot of signed things on our site. I do. I sign a lot of things. I sign the books personalize them. You can order, you still order a book on our site and I'll personalize it to whomever. And, uh, I, I like doing that. It's kind of fun. So, uh, there's, it's a wide, it's more than just sauce. And we got, we got mule mugs, uh, those little copper mugs that are customized are really cool. Look good, classy looking. So we got a lot of things on, uh, on our, uh, on our menu, shall, shall we say other than just something you ingest. So, uh, check us out, see what you think. Cost nothing to look jrsbbq.com with our thanks. There you go. And that's where you can get his autograph. Not at the cotton bowl. No, just go to jrsbbq.com and take care of it there. Jr. Thank you so much for doing this episode with me today. Ask Jr. anything. We went through a lot of questions and you were a real trooper with that. So appreciate it. Till next time, on behalf of the voice of wrestling, Jim Ross, this is Paul Bromwell. Thank you for joining us today on Grilling JR.
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're gonna pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.